are listening to the second part of the Provoke and Inspire podcast, Jesus Knew the Scene, Jesus Knows the Scene. For the first half, go to comeandlive.com slash provoke and inspire. You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You were not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. So Luke, what does this mean specifically for artists? Well, I guess... Like how, is this, how do we apply that to artists? I think there's, for me, there's two different uh, contexts in which I, I think it's re- there's practical applications. Uh, one is for ourselves. How, what does my life look like? Am I doing like what, what you described there, Ben, kind of closing myself off, just hanging out with people that think the same as me? I'm just going to church events. Um, it's looking at my own life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, as an artist, saying, am I really making the effort and taking the bold step of going out and being part of people's lives um, who are different to me and in an environment that um, is probably uncomfortable for me to be in because it's just a different set of values. So taking that step of being out there and being part of people's lives and getting to know people, doing what Jesus did, being part of the scene, loving people. Um, So I think that needs to be a very personal application for, for, for us. But also, I think it applies as we start to see fruit, um, if we're called to reach people and we start to see fruit, people coming to Jesus, we need to um, think about those next steps that, um, as we'd call it, you know, follow up or discipleship. Um, when somebody comes to Jesus, what do we tell them to do? And I think our tendency in the church often is to say, right, come into the church, sit down here for, for, for the next two to three years. You're not going to yeah. do anything. Just, just listen, learn. Uh, maybe one day we'll let you play guitar in the worship band. And, you know, and, and the guys and the guys sitting there going, I don't even like the kind of music you guys are playing in the worship band. But, you know, it's it's we have this Chad way does. of Chad <laughs> likes their music. Yeah, I, lo- I so, love the music. What are you talking and about? They still don't let Come him play on. guitar. Yeah. Yeah. He's still Come waiting on. for his turn. Yeah, I am actually. <laughs> but but I think <laughs> if you want to say something about Chad, just say it directly yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have to hide I, in these funny analogies about guitars in church. Like, it's my British way. It's my British way of saying things. But I, I think that for, for me, the point here is like it's, it's learning to do discipleship in the context people come from. And, and it's harder and takes more work and yet is so much more effective and, so, and powerful for the kingdom to grow. So going back to the example of the band in Brazil, I could have said to them, right, you guys are a hardcore band. You hang out with all these hardcore kids and in, in environments that are not good. You need to leave all of that. You need to change and be like the people in the church. And, you know, then I would have lost a huge opportunity. Instead, the opportunity there was they continued engaged. They continued being a band, doing shows, but they started to learn what it meant to be like Jesus in that environment. And that meant that their message, their shows started to have a clear message in it. They started to share their faith through their shows. It meant that Mm. their friendships and their relationships became more and more um, conversations about their faith. It became opportunities for discipleship. Um, And so they became missionaries pretty much immediately. Um, And and that form of discipleship, it meant that I and others with me had to walk with them quite closely often because, you know, challenges would come, difficulties would come. And they'd be like, hey, we're in this situation. What do we do? And all 
this group of people don't get us or this band's mm. angry with us. What do we do? And so you have you work through those day-to-day yeah. challenges, but it gives you the opportunity, the kind of opportunity that Jesus had with the disciples. He would find real-life situations to teach principles and to show and, what it and meant then to follow they, But also they know how to speak in a way that make, just makes sense to their friends because they're yeah. from they're, they're there. Yeah. They don't have to. Right. It's like when I talk to Chad, I'm going, Chad, man, you got to be more relevant. You need to speak <laughs> to people, you know, you're in Nashville, a Christian world, you need to speak to people in a way that they can understand. So then he got this, he goes to the fish market and he gets his fish and he straps it to his head. And I'm like, Chad, that's not it. You know what I'm saying? Although, although I did, I did get a lot of cool looks with that move. It was, it was great. It was a bit fishy. I was, yeah, it were. was. I was just thinking of a song that uh, one of, one of the bands that I used to work with wrote called Torches Together. And, and I think that that, oh yeah, yeah I, think, I know that. I think band. that's the, that's from a band. Like if I was an artist, the, the upside and what, what Luke experienced in Brazil was that there's an opportunity for a band who's going after the same thing to actually fulfill the, the question of, of how are we burning? You know, are we burning together? Because if we're in this together, then what we can accomplish, I think, is far greater. And it's, you know, you both, you, Ben, and, and David have consistently, um, I've heard you and Luke as well, but there's a, there's a, there's a consistent uh, prayer within the Steiger world, which is that God would break our hearts for the lost and he would break our hearts for those people around us. And, uh, and I think especially living in a city like Nashville, it, it is harder because you can, wake up and just go, well, everybody's pretty much either a Christian or heard the gospel or is in some, you know, it just doesn't feel maybe as heavy as being in the Middle East or Woodstock, Poland or a corn show or, or Amsterdam. But the, but of course the reality is that there are hurting um, people everywhere far from Jesus. And um, so I don't know, I guess that would be Maybe it's just like, hey, as a band, hey guys, how are we burning, and are we burning together? Because if so, I think the the outcome can be can be incredibly yeah. fruitful. Well, and back back to Luke's point for half a second, like you, one thing that's so tragic is we shouldn't be, you know, reaching people and then taking them out of their world and having them come to ours. I mean, that the beauty of the gospel is that you reach people where they're at. They already speak that language, and that, the band you keep mentioning, that's exactly what they've gone on to do, and it's brilliant. That's the point, is God rescues people in that scene, and then he sends them back to that scene, and they continue. They then become the influencers. They become the voices, and they go farther in that than you ever could. Well, uh, and so this, you know, yeah. I think that's a sad thing that we've done, is, is, is or not we've done, but that can happen as yeah. they come to us. Well, I think that also is an interesting biblical example um, that we can look to for, for wisdom in this. Uh, to me, it's a lot of what Paul did was exactly that. Yeah, and, exactly. and I think some of the, even in that interesting conflict that happens between Paul and Peter at one point was about that. You know, P- Peter's used to the context of Jews coming to Jesus, the Jewish culture and following Jesus in that context. And then Paul starts going to the Gentiles and there's stuff that's different. There's uh, different food, there's different customs, different ways of doing things. And, and Paul's going, guys, we've got to figure out what does it mean for a Gentile to be a follower of Jesus? 
we have to, I mean, there's a whole different set of rules here for these guys. I mean, not the gospel, not the, the identity as a follower of Jesus, not those, those principles that are non-negotiable, but there's a whole different cultural setting here. And we've got to learn what it means for a Gentile to be, to be a follower of Jesus. And, you know, so he challenges Peter mm. with that. He's like, Peter, why are you not sitting with them? Sit with them. You can't, you know, don't, don't be a hypocrite in that. And so I think right. that that's a, a good thing to look at and to understand what, what did Paul teach as he did this ministry of, of going to right. the Gentiles. And that was surrounding the issue, if you if to put it in our layman terms, and I've heard you use this term, Luke, is unhelpful church language or unhelpful church baggage, maybe is a bit negative. But so just quick fire, what's what are some specific examples of unhelpful church baggage? All right. I was sitting in a uh this coffee shop and and this guy was really wanting he's he's just asking serious questions about, about Jesus. And so I'm listening to him and I'm, I'm trying to give him honest answers, you know, and I'm trying to, to have a good discussion with him about all the things that he was asking. And right when we were in the middle of our conversation, this woman who was over, I guess was listening to us. She got up and walked over to us and she said, God says it. I believe it. And that settles it. And then she, uh, <laughs> and, then she <laughs> and then she walked out and I'm like, that's an example of unhelpful language. <laughs> and the guys look and, and the guy's like, what was that? And I'm going, I don't know, man. It was just, really, it was, was not yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think a really helpful exercise to do um, is to be in your, in the environment you're in, like, I don't know if it's a church service or a Bible study or whatever. And imagine a friend, somebody who you know would have a real hard time going there, like would never walk into the church, a guy who's anti-Christian or has negative ideas about the church, and then sit in your meeting and go, what stuff or what things happening in our community here would be difficult for that friend of mine to understand? as he comes in here. And then you'll start realizing a ton of things. I mean, when I do that, if I, if I literally have a friend come, I'll often be thinking the whole time, like, Oh, I didn't, he probably didn't get that. Oh, they, he uh-huh. probably felt weird in that situation. Exactly. So it's, it's doing that exercise can help to think those things through. And it's just, a, it's about empathy. It's like, Hey, how would that person feel if they, if they're not part yeah. of us, if they're not used to this, you know? However, that doesn't issues. mean that you change the, the, the gospel. No. It doesn't mean that you no. water things down and, in fact, when you're communicating in the language of the of the people, you know the normal language of the people, the the message of the cross is stronger. It's it's more powerful. So it's not about becoming watered down and not saying anything. You know, I've been to these churches where they play U two. You know, when people walk in, and then the guy gets up and talks about global warming, and then then everyone goes uh, goes out to the bar afterwards. And, and that's their way of not offending anybody. Right. And I, I think that's right. not what you're talking about. Is it? Totally. No, no, <laughs> no, totally not. That's good. That's a very good example. I mean, I guess that's again, going back to the extremes, you know, we, we, then I feel like you've lost the saltiness, right? Is it? Yeah. You've yeah, lost the it, taste. Yeah. Again, and, yeah, but and it's not like people want to hear, Hey man, you can just, be like, you don't have to change. You can just be the same and you can be a follower of Jesus. It's like, yeah. why should yeah. I? I mean, yeah. what's... I, well, they, like, this, so like you said yourself, strong. David, like you said in the example you gave there, I mean, people uh, will respect you even more when they see how real you are about the faith. And, and yes. how, that's what people are looking for. And I agree exactly. with you. When, right. when it's spoken I've been, in a language they understand, it, it comes so much stronger because it's so authentic. It's so raw. It's not put I'm, into pretty words, you know? 
Exactly. But isn't, I mean, this I was, about, isn't this about the order of things? I mean, you know, it just, you have to define what we're talking about. So uh, assuming that this person, you know, let's say there's an evangelistic setting and it doesn't have to be some big event. Maybe it's just a conversation. And at that point, we have to hope that we have to pray that the Holy Spirit really touches them, that they have an experience with God's power, that they, yeah. that they become aware of their need, that they become aware of their brokenness. Um, and then what they want is the answer. Then you speak truth into that. And, and, and then they don't want some watered down nonsense. No. Yes. Don't meet in a stuffy church building. Don't use worship music. That's not sacred. Don't, don't worry about the format. Make, maybe just have a sit around a coffee table and just talk and not have the structure and all that unhelpful stuff. But of course, first things first, they need a revelation of, of God and his power. That sort of Isaiah six moment first. Yeah. Um, otherwise it's more of a pre-evangelistic thing. Uh, and then, and then the context changes a lot, I think. But I, again, I, I like, I was invited, this was in Poland, uh, to go to this, this, uh, uh, club where all these guys who are left-wing political guys, they're, they're revolutionary political guys. They meet every week to discuss different things. And so they asked if I would come and speak in their club, this is in Poland. And I said, but you know, you guys know that I don't believe what you guys believe. You know, why do you want me to come here? And they said, because we really respect you. And we like the fact that you are, you say what you believe. And so the fact that I was relevant, that I could communicate in, in, in a language they understood was really important. But the thing that really wanted, that, that made them wanted me to come to their club was the fact that I was not ashamed of the message and that I was communicating it in a strong, bold way. And that's why they invited me. Yeah, and to be clear, though, in all of this, the gospel is offensive, right? Yeah, so for sure. The, the, the point of this is not that we're not ever going to draw a line in the sand, that, that uh, it isn't exclusive. It's inclusive in the sense that anyone who accepts it will be saved, but it's inclusive in the sense that, or exclusive, sorry, in the sense of that it's only through Jesus. And that's going to offend our secular, relativistic, pluralistic culture. It's going yeah. to offend them. And so it's not, again, we, we often say kind of the cliche I use is that relevance is about clarity, not popularity. It's not about being popular. It's not about avoiding offense. Of course, never go offense to offense sake. But it, it's about get rid of anything that's just going to be a useless barrier. Exactly. And, and, and Presented in a way like Jesus would. He used farming terms. He spoke about sheep, and you know, only Chad gets fish analogies. <laughs> yeah, I know uh -huh. the whole fish but thing. But the hey, yeah, I will say the rest of us. I will say that I the yeah, craziest ahead. one of the craziest coming to Jesus moments I've ever seen was with a a guy uh, not long after I had first come to the Lord, and and I was in college on a summer like um, discipleship training thing down at the beach in Florida where, where there were lots of fish and uh, lots of times to walk around with them on my head. But, <laughs> but, um, centric the, uh, but this, I picked up this, this homeless uh, like hitchhiker guy on a whim and, uh, and I invited him on a whim. Uh, on a whim yeah. I, I invited him to church the You're next very whimsical yeah, guy. the next morning. And, and the way this group worked is they had kind of sectioned, all of us out to different churches. And I just so happened to be at a very, very 
what I consider to be dull uh, Presbyterian church. So they were all super sweet people, but it, they, it was like an elderly like congregation dull. and it was just, you know, beautiful, but dull. So my friend Ponch comes to church with me that morning and he's standing outside the church smoking his cigarette. And one of the elders comes up to him and says, hey, young man, put that cigarette out right now. Don't you realize you're at church and I thought, oh my goodness, like this guy, does, like, man, I'm, this guy doesn't even know Jesus yet. And he's agreed to come to church and now you've offended him before he even walks in, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but he came but in. That would be a problem in a lot of the churches in Nashville, would it? Yeah, no, probably not. But <laughs> the, 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 like, the oh, pastor would come up and be like, do you have a light? <laughs> right, right. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, but, oh, but no. the, um, uh, the crazy thing was that during the, the message and during the actual service, I looked over and I thought, you know, this message is so dry and it's so boring and it's so bland. And my friend Punch is literally weeping uncontrollably. And yeah. he gave his life to Jesus right after that service. He, that pastor ended up baptizing him that afternoon in, in his, in his own pool because he he had that kind of an encounter with Jesus, so it, it's like all of the nat in my in in my natural pers- from my natural perspective, I thought this is the worst church going, yeah. you know, non Christian comes to church experience ever. But yeah. I think we have to remind ourselves, even if the environment sure. isn't ideal, the Holy Spirit is bigger, and, and He loves introducing people to to the savior, to Jesus. So, um, so right. anyway, that was, it was crazy the, the way all that happened, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. The caveat in all of this as always is that, that again, like I said, it's about God's power and the Bible's clear that he uses foolish things to shame the wise. Right. And, 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 you know, often, you know, it's, it's not, about, it's not about the outside. It's about the inside. And often there are very genuine people who love the Lord, who love people and they just don't, you know, maybe they aren't very cool in the world's eyes and they aren't using the perfect methods and God still uses them. Um, so there's a tension. There's always tension. You know, we need to recognize that it's God's power. He can use anyone and, and do anything. But at the same time, I, I think Jesus modeled for us that that we do need to know people, that we do need to speak their language. So it's it's one doesn't cancel out the other. I, I, I think both just need to be held uh, up uh, lightly as as we ask God how He wants us to to use our gifts to to reach people. Yeah, good good word. So just just trying to kind of direct this a little bit more art focused um, to kind of wrap things up here. So you know we've we've talked about this in various podcasts, but it's but it doesn't matter. It's such an important topic. I don't think you can really talk about it enough. Um, there's a tension here in in the art world because you know we are very much. Um, preach, 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 you know, share the gospel, share the gospel. That is our voice um, really countering the almost complete lack of that in the scene. Um, but as an artist, what are some practical ways? Like how, what are, you know, cause it almost seems like this, this talk of, of speaking the language can be taken the wrong way as to, to not that, that you can, it's free to interpret what, what uh, unhelpful church baggage is. And some might, people might say being clear about the gospel is. So how does an artist take this and apply this to their their world, their setting, their mission. I, I don't know. My, my, I think my default, and sometimes people assume like my default is just the easy way out. Maybe it is, but I'd actually like to think it's, it's the, the best way out, which is just Jesus. Um, 
would you help every artist who has a desire and a hunger to seek after you and your kingdom to know how to connect with the people from their past and their present and even their future in a way that brings Jesus the greatest fame and glory. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Holy Spirit, please help all of us to be able to communicate to our friends, especially the ones that don't know you, um, the love that you have for them in a way that's not a uh, pet project or a, I've got to do this so that God will love me more, but just because it's the overflow of what Jesus has put in us and the, the beauty, beauty of what he's done in us. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, I guess, I mean, musically or artistically, you, you apply as well um, the same principle of relationships and, and connecting with what's happening around. I mean, I think n- not coming up with a project or a band or, a, or, a, or music from an alienated uh, perspective where it's like I'm sitting in a, in a studio somewhere or a church somewhere. I'm not um, involved in the music scene around me, in the cultural scene, uh, and I just write stuff. Um, I think really writing, um, creating in a way that engages with, um, with the scene and the culture around me speaks so much more efficiently and strongly to people and, and people can understand. So I think as an artist, when it comes to creating, I need to do that. I need to be aware of what's happening, of what's going on, um, interacting with it, um, entering into, into conversation and debate with the scene and the culture that's around us so that, so that you're answering the questions that are, are being asked. And so I think artistically, that's really important. Well, if we, if you're really spending time with people, really getting to know them, really getting to know their, the things that they're struggling with, the things that they're afraid of, um, what their opinions are about who God is, why they, they maybe have rejected the idea of, of God, what their wrong ideas about Jesus are. Uh, when you when you are around people, then you start to understand how to communicate to them using their language who Jesus really is. And as you spend more time just being with people, your, God is going to start to give you ways of communicating in your art and in your music in a way that that will will penetrate because they're going to go, yeah, that's how I feel. And then you're going to say, and this is the answer. But how can you, often we're giving people answers to questions they're not asking. And so we stand up and we give them an answer to a question they're not asking, then they don't want to hear. And we go, I guess people are not really open to Jesus here, but it's not that they're not open to Jesus. It's because I'm giving all these answers to all these questions they're not asking. And so I need to understand and get the understand what what are the questions that people are asking. Then I need to spend time, spend time myself before Jesus and say, Jesus, how can I communicate to them who you are and answer these questions that they're asking? And it's not going to be some slogan or cliche. It's got to be uh, coming out of really a deep understanding and seeking God and a respect for the individual that you're talking to and that you, you really do hear what they're, what they're saying and you really do uh, care about them. And into that, you can speak the truth. And doing stuff together. It's like destroying that concept of us and them. You know, I, I mean, I remember uh, being part of a, you know, a scene in the South of Brazil where there's a Christian group um, putting on a lot of shows and it was different rock music or metal or, or different you know styles but it's christian stuff and um and then the christian bands from that scene wanting to then go and play in the clubs 
um, where the mainstream, you know, other bands were playing. And uh, some of the guys from, from the other band said, well, wh- how comes we have to let you guys come play here if we're not allowed to play in your venue? And, and so I think sometimes we create the, this division, you know, where we got, you got the Christian scene and you got the non-Christian scene. And that, that kills this process of really engaging and being part of the scene. So I think that artistically, it's about doing stuff together so that you have the opportunity for those relationships to happen. And, you know, what David described of really knowing where people's hearts are, where their needs are and their questions are. I need to be with yeah. you. I need to work together. So put together an event together, play if you're a band, play play together. Do an event together with other bands. Invite people. You know, do if you're an artist, like I have a friend in Brazil, graffiti artist. He'll be painting murals and walls together with the other graffiti artists and hanging out with them and creating together. There's so many opportunities so, there for sharing. Luke, remember when we were were you with us in Jamaica when we were touring in Jamaica? No, I wish I was, but I, I oh, wasn't. Oh well, anyway, so we're <laughs> we're so random. We're playing in Jamaica and. Uh, this this guy from a church comes by and he's he says, "Can I speak on your stage uh, before you play?" And so, which we've learned to never do. What? But anyway, carry on. Which we never allow anymore. No, but anyway, so he <laughs> so he goes on the stage and it was just it was terrible. I mean, he was talking like he was in a Southern Baptist church in in America or something. And there's all these like crazy gangsters in, in the audience and and. Uh, so he gets off the stage and I thought it, there were still some people left. So anyway, <laughs> we, we played our concert and then I preached and all these guys were wanting to know Jesus. And, uh, while we're, while we're praying with these guys who want to know Jesus, the church was on this flatbed truck singing a song. And the chorus was, we're not going to hell with you now. <laughs> <It was, laughs> So I'm, wow. we're praying with I'm about these... 99%. I'm about 99% sure you've told that story on this. Podcast. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember hearing it. No. no. And then, and then he goes, he goes, so are you going to help us? We're seeing all these people come to Jesus. And he goes, no, we don't work with Rasta guys. And I'm like, <laughs> who do you work with then you munter? You know, it's like, what is up with that? That's and a I, pretty I, cool song, though. That's a that's a really interesting line for a song. <laughs> Who even writes yeah. that? Well, I don't know. Heck? I don't. I swear you're making that. No, up. I'm not making that up. It's true. And then, and then another yeah. time, another time, I, I invited these guys to come up on the stage and give their life to Jesus. This is, and uh, so I'm kneeling with all these 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 guys from the show. We're kind of like in this huddle. And a lot of them are crying and wanting to know Jesus. And then this guy jumped up on the stage wearing a suit and he started shouting at us going, when was the last time you were in church and you're dressed terrible? And he started yelling at us while we were praying. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, man. I thought you were going to say, when was the last time you've read Ephesians chapter oh, two? No, that's another. That. Tell that one. Luke, tell oh, that story. That was lovely. We were part of a Bible study and uh, David was supposed to speak. He was the, he was the speaker, the invited 